Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Gribble, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I am speaking with the titular uh, host of the show, Jason's Hot Takes. Um, Jason. Hey, Jason. Thanks for speaking with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. So what was your introduction to podcast? Um. This is going to sound horrible, but uh, have you ever heard of the podcast My Dad Wrote a Porno? I have, indeed. Uh, it was the amazing writing style of the one, the only Rocky Flintstone. Yeah. That got me, like, listening to podcasts, and then I started, like, down a whole rabbit hole. I, I wound up on Kryptonauts, and I was like, okay, I'm stuck here forever. So what was the journey then from that to starting your own podcast? Were there shows that sort of like inspired you and how long from there did you get on to starting yourself? Um, I started, like I had a friend, he started a show and I was like, oh, that's a really good idea because I'd been like throwing it around for a little bit. And I was on his show, it was like his second episode and I was like, oh, this is fun. I can totally sit in front of a microphone and just talk about whatever pops into my head for 30 to 40 minutes so i started it first episode was oh god i don't even remember what my first episode was anymore Ooh, i've got notes check. i've got notes somewhere because <laughs> i podcast. i should know what that first one was about well your first one was actually an introduction wasn't it yeah it was the intro to the madness <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's a uh, five minute bit of me going this is what's happening i'm doing this this is how it's going to go. We'll see. And that was three, oh my, almost three years ago. Oh, Lord. Yes. Time does fly. So I think after that, it was supposed to be the, what my second episode is supposed to be the first episode, but I edited it. So it yep. screwed up my order. So it's supposed to be the political parties because at the time, politics was like the only thing everyone was talking about and I was losing my mind. Yep. And I was like, this is it. And I was like, okay, that was rough. Let me uh, change the change the pace and do something that I love, which is cryptids. Yes. Love urban legends. It's an obsession. Um, I'm planning a tattoo that has the big three from West Virginia, and it's going to wrap around my thigh. You would absolutely love uh, what is it? What have you got? You've got uh, you'd like the shows tracing owls. Uh, he loves going to those things. Uh, Vuk does. You've also got, oh, I can't remember now. Uh, oh, there's an artist, uh, Todd Purse, and he does, he does artist, you know, he does like art that's all based on those sort of things, cryptids, etc. And he does a, a daily weirdo. Is it? I think it is something like that that he does every day. And he talks about the art that he creates, and that's a lot about cryptids. Oh, I could go on for ages and list all shows that you'd love about them. I, I will get that list from you after this. 
I could start down that. We'll sort that out, definitely. I'll see if I can sort out a chat with them for you. You'll, you'll enjoy that. Oh, that'd be so cool. I, I wouldn't know. I would, I'd freeze up. It'd be like meeting a celebrity. I'd be like, hi. Yes. Huge fan. Uh, oh, don't. I've, I've been there, done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you touch all sorts of topics. I mean, you, you eventually looked at the, uh, the two-party system on the episode after that one about cryptids, lobster cults, uh, Civil War statues, Starship Troopers, yay. Um, Mems, uh, Inward Thinking, Fallout, Fallout, is that about the game Fallout? I haven't listened to that one. Yeah, um, I, I, like, during that time, I was, like, hardcore binge playing, like, Fallout 76. Yep. And then I had anytime I play it, I had a YouTuber on. Um, I've got the Oxhorn. He does Fallout lore. Yep. So I'd be listening to him playing Fallout with my friends, and they'd hear him through my mic. They're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, oh, "I'm listening to this guy on YouTube. It's great." <laughs> but I mean, what's the one that I listened to last off earlier on today? I think that's a brilliant one. That where you got so much out of watching a Ted Lasso episode. Yeah. Just from the, the saying of be a goldfish and the amount where that took you in that, you know, just that little bit of the show, well, all the way through, it was just incredible because like I've into that, you know, you just, you don't really have a structure per se. You just start the recording, talk for however long you feel talking about on the subject. That's me done show's finished and the amount of stuff that you got in that episode from that one from those three words was incredible yeah um, it was really funny because uh, my wife started watching it without me and i was yeah. like oh that's so dumb a show about soccer who cares whatever and then i was like then i watched it she she's like okay i'm, I'm gonna take a break from it so i was like i'm gonna catch up and i was like oh oh this is a show about growth and becoming a better person. Oh no! And they do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like it, because it's just like, hey, it's just this really overly positive dude just doing his thing. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's like a lot of lot of media, though, isn't it? A bit, a bit like you know, um, a lot of war films. You know, you could call them war films, like Second World War films or whatever. A lot of those are really films about something else but have but have the whole second world war in the background of them uh, so it's about a relationship it's about something else sort of in three kings it's about about stealing gold uh but and then um there's other things as well i was going to go somewhere with that and i can't flip remember but a lot of times you have that where you think it's one thing yeah field of dreams sports films a lot of sports films that people see as being their sports film, sports is there, uh, like with, say, Rocky, for instance. Rocky, you've got the box in there, but that's really about the relationships between Rocky and Adrian and Adrian's uh, brother and then Rocky and Mickey and how their relationship grows and the difference between uh, him and Apollo and then in the second film you've got how they grow closer together by the end of the at the end of the film 
and then Field of Dreams is about his own relationship with his family, with his, you know, recently passed father or his dad that died and his wife and then the family and his daughter. And and so really a lot of the time sports and these things are the backdrop for some more human story. Yeah, that's uh, um, <clears throat> uh, my wife and I watched McFarland USA. It's one of her favorite movies. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was more about adjusting to adversity because of a situation you had no control over and then growing and thriving out of that, as well as like dropping a lot of prejudices. Like he moved to a town full of like almond pickers in California. Yep. Yep. And he went from like, oh, this is horrible to like, he grew, loved these kids, became a huge member of the community and he stayed there and like he, he still, he still lived there at the time. Like when the movie came out and he still, he helped a bunch of kids. Like he was coaching, he, he, it was a cross country team. It was a movie about cross country running. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you can't just hide themes. You tell me. But you, you find that in a lot of films. I mean, I think that's what makes it interesting. You know, we, we did the same with the film last night. We watched an Indian film, uh, The Lunchbox, and that was about, it's, it's a simple enough thing where, uh, so in, in India, they have these things called tiffin tins, and it's sort of like where they get these different tins that are stacked, and they've got a different bit of food in there. So you've got like um, naan bread in one, and then you've got some like curry in another, and then bits. And, and so it gets delivered to the wrong person, and this person's wife has, um, has done it for this other person, not for the person who gets it. And then eventually, over time, they end up sending messages to each other. And you could watch the film and think that nothing's happening and whatever. And and then at the end, after, after a while, I realised that there was more going on under, under the surface. It's that under the surface thing that that actually pulls you into a film sometimes, I think. Yeah, I would say that about Oppenheimer, but I was like, ooh. I was like, I just want to see the bomb. <laughs> that, was, that was the whole movie. I was like, okay, okay, cool. Drama, 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 bomb. Let me see the bomb. Uh, that's all I was focused on. I haven't seen the film I, I, I actually just finished the book that they made the movie based off of, um, American Prometheus. Okay. Um, it, it delves deep into like Oppenheimer's, like his mental state during all of that. Like everything that was going on with him from a mental health standpoint. Like from college to his death. Wow! I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, I didn't realize all this stuff was going on in the background while he was trying to build a bomb that he later regretted doing. Yeah, I mean well, that's he, a long yeah that's a long long similar lines to Nobel, isn't it? Who felt really bad because he 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 invented dynamite. Ooh. Ooh. So, so he he felt really bad about that in Nobel, and he tried to to change things, and in so doing. You know, ended up bringing out, coming out with the Nobel Peace Prize that was named after him, and that was all about trying to. He was essentially making up for something that was destructive that he created, and he wanted to bring peace instead into the world and counteract what this awful thing to him that he'd invented had been doing. I I, I agree with you on that one. Like, it's just it's wild. Because people have built like these insane instruments of war to immediately yep. go, why did I do this? What, 
what have I done? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm like, oof. But I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> aren't we? Aren't we all really? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get scooped up and be like, "Hey, we need you to build this weapon." I'm like, I'd be like, "Ooh, no." Um, there's somebody down the road. Uh, he's crazy. He's got you. That guy, crazy guy. He thinks you guys are all insane and lizards or something. I don't know. But good to him. Absolutely. So, what makes you decide what topic that you're going to talk about in the episodes? Ooh, so every now and then, like a lot of them are just like random things. I'm like, that'd be cool to talk about. Like the be a goldfish thing. I was talking to my friend, we were playing Xbox, and I was like, man, I was like, I've been watching Ted Lasso. And it's like had this weird like effect on me. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I'm like, I was like, I've changed like my outlook on a lot of stuff. This is what's been going on. And he's like, oh, you should do an episode on that. I was like, yeah, let's do an episode on that. <clears throat> and then things like the lobster cult, we were, I was part of a meme group. Yeah. called starship troopers bug posting we would raid other meme groups and we stumbled upon this lobster cult and i was like oh ha ha ha, ha funny this is so dumb and like it's an actual thing like these people are genuinely making plans to create a giant leviathan sized lobster <laughs> to then worship as their god and i'm like what <clears throat> i know they have a like a mini police force within the meme like group it's like the protectors of the shell or something like it's evolved like it started during covid i actually talked to the the lady the the, the she was a marine biologist yeah who created the page i was like i have so many questions i was because i asked her i was like did you expect it to kind of like snowball like this and she's like no this was not something i intended <laughs> i was like well now you're a cult leader <laughs> wow like I had, I created a religion during COVID <laughs> because of a TikTok. This dude uh, built a giant sandcastle and pretended to be the king. But it was it was uh, when you give your boyfriend a shovel at the beach, <laughs> and i i send uh, I send it into my group, my buddy, one of my group chats, <laughs> and it, it's, I spelt out shovel in all caps with spaces. And someone's like, "Yes, our new Lord and Savior, the shovel." And I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" And that uh, it steadily grows because uh, there's just a bunch of different pages. Like a lot of Warhammer fans are showing up because the Death Boar Krieg are obsessed with trenches and shovels. I was like, sweet. <laughs> I've done it. For every life of Brian, there's a life of a shovel. Exactly. <laughs> so bad. Like, I think it's just how the Internet is now, though. Like, It's like, oh, that's a funny thing. Let's exploit it until it's not funny anymore. That's why I, I, I've become disillusioned with TikTok because it's like saying, seeing the same things over and over again now. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that by saying there is still some creativity there, but there are some people that are doing stuff that's a bit. Yeah. I, I avoid some of it. Yeah. It's, it's the Reddit posting, like the people who like, use an AI voice to text thing to like read out Reddit posts and then don't do like the part two. And it's like, and I'll stop it mid sentence. And I'm like, you can't, you can't do this to me. Do you know, I, I, I did an episode with, uh, with Sean from review it yourself. 
And it was just, it was early one morning. I'd not been able to sleep all night. And uh, and I just sent Sean a message and said, are you up? And he says, yeah. He says, we'll have a chat. And we had a general chat. And so we're recording early in the morning. Um, I think his brother's kids, his brother and his brother's kids were stopping over or something. So his, his nephew and niece kept running in. And disturbing, and as in his, and he said eventually, he goes, "Oh, he said, to, he said you'll have to leave me." He said, "I'll have to. I'll just go and sort this out." He says, "And I'll come back." And then, uh, I mean, I've got tons of books, so uh, I I just pulled out because he wasn't around at that point, but it was still recording the call. I started quoting uh, from, uh, I think it was T. S. Eliot's uh, book of Practical Cats, I think. Uh, old possum's book of practical cats and i started the poem but i never finished the poem before he came back and then he's had people contacting him back and going how does the rest of the poem go we want to know (laughs) oh that's amazing and he's sort of saying to them buy the book exactly you can't go wrong with t.s Eliot." I just found a, a, a panda. What the heck? I'll put that back where I found it. There we go. So if you're really like fixing books on a bookshelf and I found like a little panda figure and I was like, I don't know what you are or where you came from. So I'm just going to leave you. <laughs> yeah, I've got all sorts of books for those sort of moments. I should do it again with him. If he walks off, I should pick up another random book out of the... Uh, out of the bookcase and just start reading from it somewhere halfway through the book. <laughs> What's the beginning? What's the big? Be- How does it end? How does its big start end? And yeah, yeah, could read something from like Bradbury or something, or or from Philip K. Dick. Mind you, his stories aren't that long, are they? Ooh, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Is one of my favourites. I like that one. Uh, oh, what's the one that they... Oh, I can't remember what it was. I've not seen the film, but they did a film of it with oh, the guy that was in CSI New York. Uh, oh. oh, no, what's his name? CSI New York. He was the um, oh, lieutenant in uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, with Lieutenant Dan? Lieutenant Dan. Oh. Gary Sinise. But they did a film with Gary Sinise, didn't they, that was based on a Philip K. Dick book, and I can't remember the title of it. Um, But that's a story that I love. I do like to read Philip K. Dick stories, actually, a lot. So so do do you do research leading up to it, or do you just go in there into the episode just thinking, right, I'm going to make this up as I go along? A lot of the time, it's just me going. I'm like, huh, this looks like fun. But like the Warhammer episode I did, uh, my friend and I, who I had on there, Sean, he and I have been reading the books together for the Horus Heresy, which is literally seven years within that sets up everything that's happening in 40K, like the current shenanigans going on within the lore. It's 54 books with a seven book finale. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Because I just started, I think, book 20. 
Yeah, and it's not my favorite so far, but I just started it, so it might change. Well, what's I going to say? Um, for, for every line, the witch in the wardrobe, you've got a magician's nephew. That's a C.S. Lewis uh, uh, thing there, by the way, if anyone's interested. But, <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, so go on. But there, there's been, like, I've done some research, like the cryptid stuff, like that. I think those are the only episodes that I have that are actually like scripted. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I don't want to like go into this, not know, like, I don't know anything about them as it is, but like, I'll, I have like Word documents on my phone that are just, this is this cryptid, this is this one. Like the last one I did, um, I think it was the Fresno monster, well, Fresno alien, frog people, and then, oh God, there's a third. Uh, let me have on my Google Drive. But that was a fun little thing because there's there's a whole Wikipedia for it, and I loved it. Untitled document. Yeah, it was Fresno Nightcrawler, Loveland Frogman. Oh, it was this two? Ooh, I was supposed to do three, and then I forgot. I thought you put a third one out recently. Actually, I'm pretty sure I saw yeah, the, was- saw Cryptids three. Yeah, that's the that's the one with the Fresno Nightcrawler and then the Frogman. Right. There's a third one I was supposed to put in that episode, but I forgot to do it because I decided that ah, two is fine. I should be able to talk long enough. <laughs> then I finished them in like 15 minutes. I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's a short episode. Ooh. So I expand. I, I oh, I got into the Ukraine again. Okay. That's what I did. Because I, I've been following it since it started. Because I was, I was, I was in the military. I got out in March. Yeah. Oh, finally, freedom. And uh, I was in Poland when the Russians invaded the Ukraine. And my friend woke me up at two in the morning to be like, "It's happening. They're they're invading. It's over. The war's starting." I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm gonna go back to sleep and deal with this in the morning." Uh, <laughs> probably not the best response, but I was just very tired. Because uh, my wife and I were were talking, and I stay up late talking to her, and I had just fallen asleep. <laughs> wow! I was like, <laughs> but it's 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 awful, actually. You know that the Ukraine because it's almost like I'll put the I'll put the news on, and even though it's still going on, it's not such a big subject on the news, at least over here, and and it it bugs me because it's something that I think is still important and needs something doing about it. Well, I think the, the biggest issue is, is I, I hit on this. It's because um, I, it looks, it feels to me like a lot, like the beginning of world war two, where everyone was appeasing Putin because we didn't want to go to war. Yeah. He's like, I want Georgia. I want Crimea. I want this. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. We don't want to go to war about this. Cause these are just small countries. Yeah. And then he invades Ukraine. It's like when he invaded a, uh, invaded the polish at the beginning he struggled and like that's what happened to the russians they got in there and they just started getting wrecked by yep. these people are like they're going to welcome us with open arms i'm like no they're not no yep. they're not no one wants to go back under that no except for a bunch of weirdos who are like yeah that's such a great idea and i'm like no 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 let's let's look back at the 60s <laughs> let's let's hop into that car and <laughs> see what was really going on under behind the iron curtain Absolutely, absolutely. It was not good. So it's it's free flowing for the most. But even then, with those 
episodes that you you say are scripted are they only scripted to a certain degree but you still allow yourself to go away from that script per se oh yeah like if i'm talking and like i, I kind of like i like find a thread and i pull on it i'm not gonna go out of my way like to stick to shy away from that because that could be a fun little thing to talk about because hmm. i want the show to feel like i'm kind of like a monologuing yeah in a way because that's pretty much what i'm doing 90 percent of the time because it's just me so it's like hey uh this is a little little tangent to go down let's go down that because i don't i don't split my episodes up unless i absolutely have to i just do it all one go and the, all the mistakes all the weird noises that i make when i'm recording i'm pretty sure i uh, i cuss more when i'm recording because i just forget what i was supposed to say yep really hurts the demographic can't <laughs> people don't like that sometimes but i'm working on that but, uh, but sometimes you will have shows where you have guests as well oh yeah and that's just like friends and people i know i'm like hey you want to come on the show like i met a uh, this guy cody Oh God, last name starts with an S. He has a show, yeah. Which the name of which I'm blanking on, but he focuses more on mental health. So I had him on. I wanted to talk about that because I was in the military. Mental health is something that's kind of like, like turned away from because they don't care. Yeah. Because the people, they, they, there's still this huge stigma. Like if you're getting help for depression, you're weak. Like from like being a man. Yeah. And that's something that's changing now. And I love that it's changing now. It's a huge thing because that was like what kept me from getting the help that I needed for the longest time. I was like, oh, people are going to look at me weird and think I'm weak and hate me and talk poorly about me behind my back. Because look at this guy going to get, go to therapy. But it's been the best thing to ever happen to me. Shout out to a podcast called Extra Duty, where they actually go into... Um the the mental health of ex squaddies by the way that's amazing yeah they they have they have they do actually talk to people about the you know the mental uh, the, the the problems that people have had after leaving the armed forces and sort of like situations that they've been through that have caused them to be that way and and then they talk about the therapy that they've gone through and how it's helped them and it's an incredible, uh, there's some great stories in there you might be intrigued with. Because I think the, the biggest thing that I ran into getting out of the military was like losing that structure. Yeah. Because so I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Because like, I feel like now my whole day's not planned. I was like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Figure that out real quick. Got into a really easy routine. Wake up in the morning, clean a little bit, hang out with the kids, <laughs> do some stuff throughout the day. Occasionally sit down in the back garden and just chill. Oh, yeah. I like to look out because uh, my house backs up to a, a field. Okay. And there's cows in it. Mm. Oh, it's amazing. I just like to watch them because every now and then they get real close to the fence and they're just meh all morning. And I'm like, yeah. What's the gossip? Yeah. <laughs> I named I named one of the cows Skullface because it, uh, it's got white markings like over everything but its eyes. Brilliant. She's a she's a trooper. You reminded me. I was just I was saying to somebody recently. I mean, this sounds this sounds ridiculous, but uh, somewhere where we lived before, we because there, were, there was a church nearby, and the used to, oh, 
church bell used to go off every 15 minutes to tell you when it was quarter past, half past, and, oh, dear, terrible at night. And then in the morning, you'd hear the birds singing or whatever. And I used to um, occasionally, I'd make my other half Louise laugh because I'd be coming up with discussions that these birds are having with each other, you know, like, oh, you know, how was your day yesterday? You know, it's like, well, you know, I've got one or two worms, but it wasn't really that good because it wasn't raining and this, that, and that. And I used to just do that as a bit of a joke and make it that they're having a conversation within, between them and they were catching up with each other. I'm glad I'm not the only person who does that. Good. Because when I go to when I go to aquariums, I give the fish voices. Brilliant. <laughs> and they all have very busy body lives. That's like the best part. It's like they're always like, "Oh, I'm late for this. Oh, I got to go do this." I was at the I was at my hair appointment the other day. Oh no, I call it a fin. I call it a fin appointment. I was like, I'm a, yeah. I was at my fin appointment the other day, and my my fin stylist said this, and I was like, I, was like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Like, <laughs> creativity. Creativity. The kids don't find it funny anymore. No. Dear me. Thank, thankfully, there's a them? baby. Oh, there's good. a baby who who I ha- I can do these things for still. He's he's he thinks I'm hilarious. Brilliant. Like, That's good. I'm like, thank you. You're not jaded yet. The interesting one um, will be if they grow in grow up to be like you with doing the same thing. Oh, that'd be hilarious because I would just I, I just want to be able to get that revenge. Be like, that's not funny. I don't know why you're doing when, that. Yeah, when they start doing it to their own kids and you're just there with them and you look, look stone-faced and go, that's not funny. You're missing something. There's a there's a certain something missing here. Find it. So, I mean, the, the guest, is that basically, are they just friends that you've, that you've made or does, do you sometimes find people that you don't know and then you just put out a, a shout to them and say, do, do you fancy a chat on my show? Yeah, I've done that a few times. Um, the only one who's stuck has been Cody. Everybody else is kind of like, hey, scheduling issues. I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, just let me know when you're free. And then they just never talk to me again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks. I was really excited. I was bragging about it. I've had those. Uh, so the the recording then, and then I'm guessing you, you don't actually do much editing at all then. Oh, never. Right. Never. Not even once. Actually, that's a lie. I have edited before because I had someone on the show. They said something not chill. Like it was really not okay for them to have said, and it it irked me. And I actually ended the recording right then and there, and took that whole last bit out, and then recorded an outro. Right. Okay. We won't go there. I was like, ooh, no. (laughs) That that makes me uncomfortable. Everything makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so, are there are there any any sort of like standout uh, moments that you've had in the show? Then that you know you've thought, "Wow, that was something that really you know stays with you." Um, I I think uh, I did a big like the big like inward thinking part one and two when I was like I was like kind of at my lowest right then and there. Yep. And then I had my friend come on because I was like, hey, man, this this is kind of like messing with me a little bit. I need someone to like kind of bounce things off of. And he's like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on. I was like, sweet. And that was like the coolest moment because my friend, he he's really big on, really nervous about even being on a podcast in general. He's like, I'm here. I was like, sweet. This is my moment. <laughs> like, 
So he came on, then he and I actually started a show together called Dudes Being Dudes. Then we deployed and our schedules have just not been able to match up. He's actually deploying again with, I think like next year or the year before, year after. So he's going through all that fun, that fun stuff. And he gets to go where I went on my first deployment, which is Iraq, allegedly. He doesn't know for sure, but that's what they're, that's what the scuttlebutt is. Okay. I was like, ooh, exciting. You'll love it. It's hot. The dry heat, you'll be fine. Yep. Like plenty of water. Oh, that was like the big thing. Water was like gold. I felt like I was in Mad Max. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go on a tangent here and say, go on then. What's your favorite Mad Max film? Oh, no, the Fury, honestly, this is going to sound bad, but I love Fury Road. Okay, yep. I, I think it's just because it felt like more modern, like the story was really cool Yeah. to me, because it was more of like a, it was an empowerment thing. It was like, yeah, Mad Max, like Max is like the main character, but here are some insanely cool side characters who are like growing and developing as the movie goes on. Yeah. It's it's sometimes interesting, isn't it? That when you know when you know when a filmmaker, um, when a filmmaker goes back to something from their past, um, it's a bit like what am I thinking of now? Um, it's a bit like when Sam Raimi goes back to doing to doing a a, a decent um, Evil Dead film or something, or I'm trying to think of people who go back to films. Um, you know what, I like Ridley Scott with the Ridley Scott and the Alien movies. Well, yes, there is that. Yeah, like, yeah. like I like that he went back and they did Prometheus, and then I haven't, I still haven't seen Covenant. I'm like, ooh, I've heard horrible things about this movie, but I've seen all the xenomorphs from it, so I'm like, ooh, those are kind of cool looking. I like those. <laughs> it's it's all it's the, it's it's the yeah. art. It's like Clint Eastwood going back to being Dirty Harry how many however many times that he was Dirty Harry. I can't remember how many five times, I think. Yeah, I like stuff like that. I like when actors kind of go back to like movies that made them like who they were. It's like Tom Cruise and Top Gun when they came out with Maverick, I was like, I need to see that movie now. <laughs> Kept seeing ads for it. I was like, it's it's time. It's time. I want to see the Jets. I want to see all the cool stuff again. The next bit we've got hot takes and gear grinds. I'm actually, in a sense, I'm more interested in the latter, really. You know, to quote uh, Peter Griffin, what grinds your gears? Ooh, I think that the current thing grinding my gears right now is just like all it's, it's, I, I talk about it, I've talked about it a few times. It's like people who make like politics their entire personality. Yeah. It, kills me because i'm like i was like i used to be like that i was like that when i was in high school i was like my parents say this thing so that's how i'm gonna live my life and i'm like why did i do that because it polarizes you and you can't make friends because it's like oh you don't think like me you're not gonna be a good fit yeah but there's but there's so much more to people than just like hey i support this political thing you know that's part of my personality, but here's this really cool thing, this really cool hobby that I have that like we can connect on. And people ignore all of that. 
and just focus on the political side of things. Like I, like Warhammer um, became a huge chunk of my life just to find out that the fan base is so split for political reasons. And I'm like, the, it's, I was like, it's just giant genetically modified dudes fighting each other. It's amazing. Let's focus on that. I don't care about the politics. Oh no, like, cause people want female space Marines. But at the end of the day, when it comes to that, like the way the lore describes the process of becoming a space Marine, everybody looks the same. Yep. It doesn't matter how you start. You all look giant, manly, seven feet tall, ready to crush the enemy. Like, that's cool. And then the books uh, add that emotional factor where you're like, wow, these are humans and they have feelings. Oh no. Especially because uh, like each um, legion has a leader called a Primarch. Yep. The all the Primarchs have books, and then some of those like some of them take place during the Horus Heresy because some of them don't survive it. Yep. And it's so crazy to think about all of the connections they all had because they were all brothers. To then for them to all betray each other, like, and make a very hard line. I was like, this is so cool, because like. Um, after the death of one of the Primarchs, the Primarch who killed him uh, yep. immediately regretted it. He was like, I can't believe I've done this. And I'm like, yeah, me either. You jerk. I liked that guy. <laughs> so I think that's, yeah, I think I went on a tangent, but that's like what grinds, but it's just like people who use politics to make the make up who they are. I'm glad you went on the tangent. Yeah. Because it's such an on the surface thing. Like there's so many things behind that. It's like, what led you to this point? Like what made you want to feel like, what made you go down this line and like on the political spectrum? What are your experiences? I don't care that, you know, you feel this way. I want to know about the person behind those feelings. But if you can't get past that, I'm not going to waste my time and energy anymore. Can't you, can't you sort of like look at that? From you know, uh, in in other ways as well, a bit like so. When when I was um, how old how old would I have been? I think when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Um, I think I, I started working in a in a recording studio at that time as a, as admin to start with, and um, so I thought a certain way about about music, for instance, and. Um, whatever other people were trying to push on me at the time I was like, Oh no, it's not this or this, this and this. And then over t- relatively quickly, my opinion changed because I became, I got more, I had more music come into me. I mean, working in a recording studio does that to you where you, you have different types of genres of music, music coming in and different types of musician coming in. And so I found that over time, my love of music got wider. I, I began began to allow other things in, and it's a bit like my thing with podcasts. You know, where I started my show initially, looking at people whose shows I uh, was already listening to beforehand, and then purposely getting myself to listen to other shows from genres that I didn't used to listen to. I think it's made me more open as a person. So the lesson there is is to open yourself up to a wealth of options and don't be so stuck in that very narrow alleyway 
that you're on come out to a you know to a highway and find all the other information that's out there yeah i get that um i got distracted i heard a dog bark okay but yeah i understand like i feel like that can that could be applied into like movies like growing up i only watched like action movies with my dad yeah and now i'm like oh man i would love to go watch like like oppenheimer was a movie i would have never seen if it came out when i was younger and like, oh that's so stupid why do i need a movie about that guy and now it's like oh man that's amazing like this is a phenomenal movie like mcfarland usa i was super like apprehensive about it i was like oh that's such a i was like ah, that just sounds dumb and then my wife warned me like finally got me to watch it after i told her she was i was like you picked the movie this time she's like oh, i already know what i'm picking <laughs> Because that's her favorite movie of all time. What's that again? What film? Um, McFarland USA. It's on okay. Disney Plus. Because it's, it's a Disney movie. Yep. Because uh, my favorite movie is The Big Lebowski. Wow, that's good. My favorite movie. movie my favorite movie is Singing in the Rain. Oh, I haven't seen that one in a in a while. And that's that's how I introduced uh, Louise to um, my other half. Got into got, or started to get into musicals more is because I introduced her to musicals through through singing in the rain. Up until then, I think she'd seen some, but a lot of them I don't think I don't know. But I got her to enjoy them a lot more or see something more in them because I pointed out to her with singing in the rain that it's. It's not just a musical. I said there's the comedy there, but I said it's also it's also a moment in history. I said essentially that film is if you think about it, Singing in the Rain is almost like a 1950s version of oh god that Tarantino film with um uh Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio where the, it's a period piece where so singing in the rain they're talking about hollywood from around 30, 20 something years before and when they were going out of the silent era into the talking era and the fear that the actors had at that time because they were being made unemployed because they couldn't do actual talking pictures per se yeah i, I like that i i love that actually i didn't even i don't even think about it like that anymore <laughs> I think uh, to uh, movies are fun. Like there's so many different facets, and you can learn so much from them. Like and then watching new movies. Like my introduction to musicals was The Producers with right. Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Yep. Yeah. Oh, not not the original then, the Mel Mel Brooks one from the seventies. I've seen that one. <laughs> um everybody we were watching it on discord like in a group call yeah and someone was streaming it uh everyone but me was drunk because i had to work the next day and i was like i can't even keep up i don't know how you guys are keeping up because it just throws so much at you so fast i'm like oh what that's that's scary the uh i think my favorite scene in the nathan lane one is when they do the siegfried oath yeah, and they're sitting there. They have their index finger up, but they keep flipping off the camera the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that um, one of his pigeons uh, was named Adolf, and when he said Adolf, they're making our musical. It, it's Sig Heil. I was like, Oh my god, stop! <laughs> you can't do that. That's so bad. 
But that's that's one, of the, was... yeah. that's one of the weird things, though, isn't it? About about Mel Brooks films is because you know, no matter what they say about films like Deadpool, etc., Mel Brooks's films have always broken the fourth wall, where it's like they know that they're acting, and they'll do things purposely to screen. It's like, I mean, one of the one of the greatest uh, shows of that with uh, Mel Brooks is Blazing Saddles, where they're there in the Western. And how did they finish the film? Oh, I know. We've accidentally gone into gone into the set or got ridden the horses onto the set where there's a musical being filmed, and then we go on to a set where this other gangster film's being filmed or whatever. And it's like that's the ultimate in fourth wall breaking is they know that they're in a film. It's like in a like in Spaceballs when they were watching the movie yep. while it was filming and they kept <laughs> looking back at the camera. <laughs> oh yeah, because they they get the video out, don't they, or whatever. And um, Rick Moranis's character says says something about you know how can that be? We well, you know how it is nowadays. You know they've already made the film before we've made the film or something. <laughs> so so this is now. Yes, this is now. So now, but now that's then. <laughs> Then is now, now is then. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, love that, love that scene, that I think that scene reminds me of the world's end when they were trying to figure out what to call the robots because they couldn't say robots because robot ro- robot came from robotnik, which means slave. And like, well, we can't call them that. He's like, so how are we going to differentiate them and them? <laughs> and it was just Simon Pegg going, pronouns are hard. Yeah, you know, sticking with the Spaceballs thing, you've also got the humour there where, uh, so when they were making Spaceballs, Mel Brooks had a chat with with George Lucas. And between them, instead of making Bill Pullman's character dress like Han Solo, they made him dress like Indiana Jones instead as a bit of an in-joke. Yeah, because I think George Lucas was like, I do not want him to look like Han Solo. Yeah. Because that's when they that then the merchandising joke. He's like, so what's the what's the big pull? He's like, merchandising. <laughs> we got the official spaceballs flamethrower. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then the they had the same actor from Alien who had the initial like the first chest burster actually yes. in the movie. Yep. John Hurt. <laughs> yeah. The late great the, John oh, no. Hurt. Yeah. Oh, the, oh no, no, not, not again. this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me that's brilliant and then 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 of course the Haley the alien has to have a song and dance number of course <laughs> that was the best because it's like oh i was like is this movie about to take a really dark turn <laughs> it's like nope okay moving on i'm a prince <laughs> so what would be this one here that I've got here? Life tips. This almost sound this. This could sound a bit um, pretentious. But what tips would you say? You know, do you think are important to you to live by? Oh, I mean, I named a whole episode after uh, "Be a Goldfish" because um, yep. it takes too much time and energy to just kind of sit there and hold on to things because you're angry about it for so long that it's just consuming who you are and that's all you want to be angry about. And it's like, why, why do that when there's like beautiful things happening elsewhere that you could be focusing on? 
and then I don't know something else. Oh, the the quote from John Lennon: um, "Life's what's happening when you're too busy making plans." Because you can sit there and you can be conniving, thinking about what you want to plan for your life, but then you're probably going to be end up missing huge events like like deploying. I was I was too busy focusing on what I wanted to do when I got back. I was like, this is what I want to do when I get back. And I was missing, I was missing out on like so many cool things with my friends. Yeah. Because of that. And that's kind of like stuff that I live by. It's like I I I do everything pretty free form now. Not by choice sometimes, but it's all about kind of moving and adapting where whatever cur- to whatever curveballs thrown your way, because fighting that does nothing but kind of hurt you and hurt everybody around you in the long run. Yeah, you have to you have to you have to watch that because things that happen around you can stop you from being who you are or who you should be. They they make you into a a, a copy of what they want you to be as opposed to who you want to be. It's like in a it was Bojack Horseman. Jeez, so many like meant to be lighthearted shows. Well, that one's not yeah. really, but they got big messages across by using animals that to represent humans. It's like you become like a Xerox of a Xerox where it's like, you're not you, you're who they want you to be. And that hurts you and hurts the people around you because you're acting differently. You're not being yourself. But that, that you gotta do that. You yeah, gotta be yourself. But that, what you've said there though, I mean, that resonates because I, I said, I've said a few times to people when they've done, um, you know, shows that have, hints of comedy in them even to the degree of um recently i spoke with the people from therapy bites who talk about therapy and you know psychology and things and i've said to them that because they use they there's a lot of things that they do that have humor in and i mean i was particularly taken with their wordplay because they do a lot of wordplay that reminds me of seuss uh but i said to them about it and i've said to other people about it that i find that sometimes if you have a message inside a comedy, I think it comes over more because it's put in such a way where it's got a humour there to it and you remember the jokes around it all, but because those jokes are so there with you, you know, after the event, they make you think of the actual serious subject that's behind the humour. Oh yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Huh? It does make more sense because there's a lot of funny shows. I'm like, oh, that's a really deep thing. Yeah, it's like when you have, you know, the the heartache from a relation break, relationship breaking up in the office, for instance. I suppose. I mean, I've I've never watched The Office, but from what I've heard, you know that resonates with people more because you've got the the underlying humor that's there but you understand the emotion more because it's stuck smack bang in the middle of a comedy it's like um sweet that's like what uh it's like season six of the uh, american version of the office yeah <laughs> when uh, michael scott leaves they surrounded it by all of these jokes but then you like then they kind of like take a step back and you realize like the the main the main guy is gone yeah and you're like oh no 
because um, I think his last words to Jim, he's like, they were, he's like, how about this? Tomorrow, we'll get lunch. You'll tell me about how great of a boss I am. And we'll leave it at that. And Michael was leaving that day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, don't like that. <laughs> but I love I, I love stuff like that. Like, that's, like, that's a big thing. It's like in our Run, Fat Boy, Run. And yes. that was a Simon yep. Pegg movie. Yep. It was all about him growing as a person by training for this marathon and then being told the entire time he wasn't going to finish it. But he was like, I finished it. What are you going to do about it? Like, yep. stuff like that gets me. Gets me every time. But at the same time, that is about somebody who is put down so much that he does that and it's all about him finding his own self-confidence essentially and finding out who he is through pushing himself essentially yeah it's it's phenomenal i love like writers who do things like that like that's a big thing like that's another thing going on is this writer strike in hollywood yeah hopefully that's done by the time this episode comes out I don't think it is. <laughs> it's still going. Like, there's so many people involved in it now. Because it's not just writers, it's actors. Because I didn't know until my wife told me that a lot of these actors are getting screwed over because of these streaming platforms. Where they're, like, their movies, their shows are being played over and over and over again, but they're getting nothing from it. Like, there's actors yeah. getting, like, 80 cent, like, checks. I'm like, what? People put years into some of these shows. Like, like How I Met Your Mother was nine seasons long. And I'm like, are these guys not getting anything for that i'm like not that not that most of them have to worry about that because they've continued to do other things but i remember like it was a few years ago um scarlett johansson getting yeah. screwed over because of covid and because of the black widow movie not doing well in theaters and being on disney plus people were streaming it and disney's like we're not going to give you any money yeah and she's like i just put Every pro everything on hold for this because of my contract, I should be getting paid. I think she yeah. won that. Well, the problem that she had with that was also the fact that she, as opposed to getting a specific amount for making that film, she she was going to get percentage. So, uh, as as a producer of it as well. So she was going to get a present percentage. So what happens there is she would have got a percentage of the cut from the cinema. So what happens is that because it was pulled and not put at the cinema and they put it onto streaming instead, she's arguing that, but that then she's not making money from it per se, because all of her money comes from a percentage of the money that it would have taken at the cinema. So therefore She's not getting paid to do and she's not getting paid for the work that she did. Um, I, I agree with that because like people say acting is easy and it's not, you know, you're up all hours of the day, yeah. sitting through all these, like sitting in makeup, going through all these rewrites, going through all these different scenes, doing the same scene a million and a half different times in a million and a half different ways. I'd want to get paid at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> I'd be pretty pissed off. Who was it recently? I did the, uh, I don't know whether you caught it, but I put out a, a group chat. We were talking about AI or the use of AI. 
And, and in that, somebody brought out a story about somebody went in to a sound studio and recorded some dialogue for um, uh, Mighty, Mel- Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, one of those actors. So he went in, and I think he did two hours, and he got paid money for two hours. However, that dialogue that he recorded was used for, I think, two or three seasons of the show and then two films. But he only got paid for those those two hours of work. He didn't get paid anything for the two or three seasons of the show and the two films that that dialogue was used for. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Because if you're, like, he's, like, I don't trust AI. Like, that's a big thing. I'm very team Elon Musk with that because I've seen enough movies, Terminator, to know it doesn't end well for anybody. But I didn't. I accidentally closed the Zoom app. I was trying to close out something else. Okay. But looking at the AI thing, you know, I mean, that's that's another thing, really. I mean, you know, people go on about the Hollywood actors, this, that, and the other, and, oh, they make all this much money, this, 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 and this, and that, whatever. But you're only looking at those actors that are the minority, essentially, that make that sort of money. The the big argument comes from the ones who aren't actually getting work that much as actors and they're having to do, like, another one or two jobs to supplement when they can't get work. And now that situation has been made even more difficult for them or more tenuous because you've got studio heads saying things like, well, we don't need to employ them. We can just do green screen with all the main actors on the screen and then all these superfluous characters can just be artificially placed in there using AI computer generation and just throw them in there. And then we don't have to pay all these, all these extra people, this money that to the studio heads aren't necessary, which is really not right. Yeah, because like what what happens when these these actors you want are old and they can't act anymore, then you're going to not have this pool of people to use that have the experience to take on these big roles because you're just replacing them with fake people. I I feel like by the time that happens, they'll just have robots doing movies. We won't even have to worry about that anymore. Well, I mean, I've not seen... I've not seen it yet, but I mean, even you've got then the possibility of a film like The Flash, where there's a sequence there where you've got people who are no longer with us, like Christopher Reeves in a scene. You've got the original Superman, George Reeves, who incidentally they didn't need to pay anybody any money to use his likeness because he hasn't got got any surviving family. But then you've got that, and also you've got the thing with James Earl Jones where the deal was made that they've got all of his his dialogue and they made a deal where they can just, you know, have anybody in a Darth Vader suit and they can use all this audio that they've recorded of James Earl Jones over the years. So is that the future then? Are they just going to potentially make computer-generated films, essentially, using these actors who are no longer with us, that they've got the the likeness and the voices of, just place them into films 20, 30, 40 years after they've died. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's a scary thought. 
Well, people are already doing that on TikTok because um, they have these AI voice generators having them like I've seen stuff where like it's like Freddie Mercury singing like a, a newer song. It was like and like Frank Sinatra singing Raining Blood. I don't know why that was the choice they went. I was like, I like that song. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, Frank Sinatra, are we going, we're really going to go this route? And then you have all these different voice actors who can just do these voices for these people, even if they wanted to, because they're so good at these impressions. So I think we're just going to run into a cycle like that eventually. Not now. Not now, I don't think anytime soon, but there will be a point when we have that cycle. But those these smaller actors that aren't getting the roles and being looked over and being passed over for AI, AI, AI uh, characters, basically... The, the thing is that those those actors there, they are potentially what could be the future stars. It's a bit like, you know, you'll you go back far enough and you'll find, you know, Brad Pitt doing an advertisement for something on television for some, was it was it a drink or something? Uh, like, uh, I don't know, some sort of, I don't know, carbonated drink. I think that's his first role on the television was an advert doing that. But... If you've got computer-generated people doing that and then having that slow build to becoming that big star, you need that sort of light backing to bring these people up to that level to have the next, the, the future of the industry. But I don't think people, I don't, I think people like the studio heads are not looking at it from that way. I think they're looking at it's like, what's going to save me money so I can line my pockets? Yeah. And I think that's becoming the, the, issue it is it is wow renting that subject a long time (laughs) so anyway what what advice would you give to people anyway jason for starting their own show Ooh, uh be yourself that's a big thing um that was something that i feel like i i tried to i kind of fell away from because at first i was like oh i want to be like these podcasters i want to be like funny like them i want to do these kinds of things and i was like why am i wasting my time trying to do what everybody else is doing when my, like this idea that I, I had this idea and I was like, this is an amazing idea. Why am I not expanding on that? Why am I trying to turn it into something else? Yep. I lost myself in the, uh, the want to like appease the people instead of forging my own audience. I want to just kind of like adopt myself into another audience. And that's not good. You lose your message along the way, I think. And I did that. I took a break, like almost a year break, I feel like. And I was like, I need to work on me, I need to work on this show, what what I need to do to fix what the mistake that I've made. Well, then, I mean, you, you as you make a show, you grow more into it and you sort of almost get more comfortable with it anyway. Like I've got more comfortable with this show than I was on episode one, for sure. Oh yeah, like I feel like now with my show, I feel like I can let my freak flag fly a little bit more. I'm like, hey, this is this weird, obscure thing I'm obsessed with. Let's talk about that. Well, why not? Like I said, you know, when you mentioned when we talked about that, you know, be a goldfish. I mean, you went everywhere that I didn't expect you to go, really, with that one saying. Oh yeah, I feel like I, I, that's part of. I feel like that's part of just like being you when you're once the recording starts. It's like. Where is my mind going to take me once I hit record? Because I could probably I could plan out an entire episode. I did that one time, yeah. planned out this entire episode, 
wound up not even talking about that as long as I should have and just started talking about other things that were like affecting me in that moment doing like an actual hot take <laughs> it's been a while since I've done an actual hot take on my show I just don't have anything I, I'm, I'm so inactive on social media lately I, just, I don't even know what's going on but I, I think I think it's worth listening to your show for people to listen to because I mean I, I found myself during this chat with you getting really carried away with the tangents as I call it and that's that's what your show really has you know in in so got so much of it's got that tangent that is it's interesting because it shows you where you can go to uh, if you just let yourself go with the flow basically and see where it goes I think uh, the funny thing I do before I record every episode is I listen to Lose Yourself to Dance by uh, Daft Punk. Yep. Um, and it's like, I get, in the, I get in the zone. I'm like, this is it. It's the it's the come on bit, which is like, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Oh, my AirPods just died. All right. Can you still okay. hear me? Yep, I can hear you. My My AirPods died on me. Okay. I'll take uh, the soundtrack. Patron Legacy is Daft Punk for anybody interested, which is quite cool. Oh, they did. I love that they did all the music for that movie. So do I. Yep. I love that. My favorite favorite scene is when they go see Zeus and they're in the booth. I was like, oh, I know who they are. Another Yep. I was going to say another hot take is that that film's a lot better than people make out as well. Oh, I absolutely love it. Jeff Bridges. Um, someone asked me one time when like, I had like, I was at church and I was like, so when you envision God, who do you see? I was like, I envision Jeff Bridges, Tron legacy, meditating on the train. I mean, I, I, I prefer the original Tron from back in the day, but I think that was probably because it was from that time and it, you know, was from me as a kid watching it, but I do like Tron legacy a lot. And I think the television series that was short-lived and cancelled, the animated series, was good as well. I need to, I, That's on my list. I have so many things on my list, and that's one of them. Like, I just finished uh, Twisted Metal. Oh, right. Well, it was phenomenal. I was like, oh, great. And uh, I feel like I just go into some of these shows like with a bad attitude. I'm like, oh, great, another show about a video game. How's this going to go? Then at the end of it, I'm like, whoa, love that. <laughs> like they they focus on like the origin of a lot of the drivers from the game like sweet tooth did not realize that you know sweet tooth was as crazy as i thought he was because um like my favorite thing is like a lot of the characters like grow into who they are in the game in the show right like, okay because um, like like Sweet Tooth, like at the beginning of the show, he's just like a, a murderous clown, pretty much. But as it goes on, like as you see more and more of him, like he becomes Sweet Tooth. Right. Because the, the finale is when he lights his hair on fire, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> pretty much, I freaked out a little bit. <laughs> That's like waiting that entire first season of Daredevil for him to suddenly put the put the outfit on. Oh yeah, that I know. Like, whoa, uh, the slow build is what killed me. I think in Daredevil, I was just like, "Let's go, let's see the suit. I'm ready for the suit. We've been talking about it the whole show. Let's go. It's here. Yep. It's here. 
It's yep. Second season of that was brilliant. Oh, like Marvel did really well with TV shows. Like, D- you, I can say the same thing about like the DC shows, like Flash. Yep. Love the Flash. I liked the Arrow. I liked Arrow up until the end when it just kind of got a little weird. Because it was the crossover episodes that started to kind of like weigh on me. Okay. I always fancied watching those because you've got like, is it the Flash where you've got, he suddenly goes somewhere and he's got like Lucifer there, the the, the Tom Ellis character from um, from uh, the tele- from the Netflix series. I, yeah, because they're all CW shows, so they were able to kind of like throw it all together. Because um, when they when they threw, what was it? Oh god, it was the first time they kind of connected Arrow and the Flash because those are the only two like shows on the CW that were DC at the time. Yeah, it was so cool until I was like, what if someone doesn't like watching Arrow now they have to go watch the build the lead up to that crossover. Yeah, but we I, had that, yeah, I was going to say we had that back in the day with Buffy and Vam, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, didn't we? When you'd have like crossovers from, they'd have something go off in one episode of Angel, and then Angel would go over to Buffy, and you'd have a follow up to that. Yeah, and like it's a cool concept as long as like the writing is there. Like that's my big thing is like sometimes like the I feel like the, the writing gets really lazy, and I'm like, oh, so we're just not really going to work on this one. Okay, thanks. I dragged myself all the way to Supergirl for this. Yeah, I've pushed myself during the recent flipping um, Marvel stuff, and it's not really gone anywhere, has it? Yeah, I uh, I fell asleep watching um, Secret Invasion. Yeah, six and a half out of ten. There you go, Secret <laughs> Invasion. Then I, I did watch uh, Guardians 3 because it was on Disney and I didn't feel like seeing it in theaters. Not as bad as people said it was. That is a really good film. And it's got a, got a lot of got a lot of heart in there as well. Oh yeah, like I didn't realize that like Rocket was as deep as he was. Like I I love that they made them like him the focus of that movie and showing like his growth from one to three, because we kind of got everybody else's growth during like in game the first in the first two guardians movies yeah and like rocket was just kind of there they're like hey let's this is what happened to him and then the introduction of adam warlock was just hilarious to me yeah yeah the fact that they made him out to be a bit of a i'm trying to think of the word for it now yeah bit bit of a bit of a bit of a bit of a doofus yeah, because that was because I think uh, yeah they hit on that. She's like, we had to take him out of the pod early for this, yeah. so he's a little, he's still a child. I was like, what? I was like, okay, we'll see how this one plays out. Uh, and then, a, word to, yeah, a word to those people that follow these things, looking for the uh, comic, re- comic accurate. Y- you're not gonna find it all the time. Oh no. Oh, there's no way. Like, there's just some stuff they do in the movies. I was like, yeah, that like, like in the comics rather, that just wouldn't fly in a movie because it's impossible. But I do like that with Deadpool. At least they keep hinting at Lady Death. Yeah, and I think eventually she will show up, but just not anytime soon. 
because that's such a hard concept to do because then you would have to re- redo all of the Infinity War stuff. Because that was like Thanos's like whole motivation in the comics was he wanted to impress Lady Death so that she would fall in love with him. Right. Just for him to do all of that. And her to go, oh, nope, never mind. Not interested. I like Deadpool. It's a shame, really, you know, because you, you need a sequence in, in, the, in the Deadpool film where you've got Cable there and then you've got Thanos there and you, and you need Deadpool to, Deadpool to do like a double take and just look at them both and go, um, um, yeah, okay. You're the, you're the same guy. You're the same guy, yeah. I think it was in two when he's like, you're so dark. Don't you belong in the DC universe? <laughs> Oh, he actually says it doesn't do whatever in in Deadpool two where he says whatever Thanos, and then uh, the the jokes about the mansion. It's like wow, you know, he's like, like, do we run out of money in the budget? Because it's only you guys ever here. Yeah. <laughs> what other shows do you like to listen to yourself, Jason? Um, I listen to uh, Scared to Death and Mind Suck. They're both by uh, Dan Cummins. Yeah. Um, scared to death is him reading scary stories with his wife Lindsay, and it's hilarious because <laughs> it's her reactions to the stories that always kill me. Right. Okay. And then um, I used to listen to uh, I, I fell out of it, but uh, how did this get made? Where they go through movies yes. and go well. Honestly, I just listen to it for Jason Manzukas. It's his voice that gets me every time, yeah. and I can pick him out of anything he's in. And any others that jump out at you, Jason? Um trying to think is i started listening to your show i love your show and then um there was a show let me see if i can find it in my podcast things oh uh, heroes of the blue and gray it's a civil war podcast uh, um he goes through all of the made all the generals during that time like where like their whole build-up like what they did before they were generals what they did before, like before the war and then during the war and after if they survived right. I, le- I learned a lot about general like general lee i didn't realize that he was a little bit more at the time, I'm going to call it like more liberal at the time because like his view on like when he had what is it like he he owned slaves Lee owned slaves because he was he lived in Virginia but he didn't yep. treat them like they were slaves okay like they like they did things but like when like he would have other officers over at his home he would be the one to take their shoes he would be the one to give their like water their horses and things like that because he felt like that wasn't their job. He was the one who was meant to entertain and show respect to these other officers, not them. Yeah. And that, that was such an interesting, like, and Stonewall Jackson was very religious Yeah. to the point where his soldiers thought he was praying a lot because he got shot through the hand during the Mexican American war and it never healed properly. So if he left his hand down for too long, it would, it would swell and cause him pain. So he would lift his hand up. So all of his soldiers thought he would be praying during that. Okay. And they all started doing it with him. And I was like, that is so cool. Wow. And then he was also a very superstitious man because uh, the day he got a new uniform, because he had worn the same uniform the entire war, he got his arm blown off. Wow. By friendly fire because an artillery unit out of North Carolina thought that he was a Union spy. So they they launched a volley at him and his scouting party. He lost his arm. He recovered and then died of pneumonia. Yeah, me. I was like, wow. I was like, this is I was like, this is kind of humanizing these people who did horrible things. But a lot of these generals, like this is like a topic that no one really talks about when it comes to civil war, because we all want to see these people as evil, because you know, a lot of them genuinely were evil men. Yeah. Like Lee only fought for Virginia because at the time, being in the military, you were it was like the Virginia's first company or like the Virginia 105th Infantry. So you were 
a soldier aligned to your state, not to your country. Okay. And that led to a big restructure in the military as instead of serving your state and being a defense for your state, we will create the National Guard and they'll be the state people. But we'll have the the actual army, which is going to be the country's actual fighting force that we're going to use to represent us, not people from different states. So all of these different units were combined. They were then there's just an entire restructure of the military to avoid that happening again because the Union lost so many great generals like Lee and Jackson and Stuart to the Confederacy to the point where the Union almost lost because of them. Yeah. Because no one could beat Lee. No one could beat Jackson. And Stuart was just a, a god when it came to passing messages, messages on the battlefield. But then once Stuart and Jackson died is when Lee started to fall apart. Because he lost that support, he wasn't going to get that back. Because they were such a good team, that was when he overstepped into Gettysburg and led to the downfall of the Confederate Army. Wow. And I can talk about that for, for days. Because uh, <laughs> where I live, is it's very rich in Civil War history. Like Stonewall Jackson's office, when yep. he would stay here, is a museum. Then we have uh, George Washington's office as a museum here. Um, if you drive like an hour up the road to Berkeley Springs, um, the, the they call it George Washington's bathtub because it was just a spot that he chose to like sit and soak in yeah. a lot of the time. Wow. Wow. So cool. That is cool. History nerd. <laughs> I've noticed. I've noticed. <laughs> Brilliant. So where can people find you, Jason, and how can they get hold of you? Um, well, on Instagram, I've got the Jason's Hot Takes podcast official Instagram. And then um, I don't have an email. It's the I, I used to put it in my episodes. I just been lacking on it. It's a M-A-T-A-Z-A-265 at Outlook.com. That's where like, I do all of my podcasting stuff out of. Um, no one's ever sent me an email. Actually, that's a lie. I've gotten one email. It was when I reached out to the owner of the Mothman Museum. Yep. In Point Pleasant, Virginia, to ask him some questions and how, like, COVID affected the museum, how it's affected his daily life, how it's affected things involving, like, the whole hysteria around Mothman. And he he, he emailed me back. He didn't come on the show. So I, I have that email saved to, like, read at some point, like, on the show. Great. Anyway, thanks for speaking with me today, Jason. It's been great. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Like, I was nervous. I'm, 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 I'm really glad that I've spoken with you today. It's been so much. I've loved all these different tangents we've gone off on to. Oh, 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 they're, they're, so, they're great. Um, I have that effect on people. Um, I'm just like, hey, here's a random thought I just had involving this conversation. Let's talk about that. I, I, I do that in my everyday life. I go off on, on all sorts of thoughts. I think it irritates people sometimes. Oh, I think my wife gets annoyed with me. Um, she just kind of goes, okay, this is what we're talking about now. Great. Uh, and then they can't wait till you stop talking about it. Yeah. And just turns it to, so anyways, this is what we're doing today. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like that. It's exactly what happens every time. I don't know why. I don't know why they're not interested in these things. I don't get it. She she's not a she's not a fan of Warhammer, and that's like all I've been talking about lately. 
So I'm like, and then this guy does this thing, and then he does this, and it's crazy because he punches this thing and it like explodes. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Oh, dude. That's like that's like me with it with it with a with like a guitar chord or something. You know, I'll be there with a the guitar and I'll go be there going, Oh, now if I take that finger off there. You know that makes it into a mi- that makes it into a minor seventh, and that finger on there makes it into a ninth, and and it's sort of like, oh, really. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hop off here. Got to go make dinner. All right. Anyway, thanks for speaking with me today. You take care. <laughs> thanks for having me. You too. This has been awesome. I'll reach out to you. All right. Thanks, Jason. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on threads, and contact us through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening, and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Hello, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you, Jason. Awesome. Grab. Oh, that wasn't a yawn. It's late here. <laughs> it's even later now after I've just done a chat with somebody who doesn't know how time zones work. Oh, those are fun. <laughs> when I sent her a message at half past eight and I said, I said, it's ironic, but I said, I've written a Christmas song while I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Which I did. Which I did. I wrote I wrote an entire Christmas song while I was waiting. Well, that's ex- that's fun. That should be, that's easy stuff. I love that. I like that as well. Even easier when you've got a ukulele, when you've got all the instruments in the same room. Oh, that makes it, that makes life super easy. I'm jealous. All mine are in storage. I've not got all of my musical equipment here. There's not enough room for all of it. So <laughs> I should really, I, I suppose I should really bite the bullet and get rid of some of it, but it's a bit tough doing that, you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's one thing I've noticed out like here is like trying to sell grant like instruments. No one wants to buy them now. All right. Well, I bet everybody was trying to take up instruments during lockdown, I suppose. Yeah, now that it's over, they're like, oh, I can go out and hang out with people now. I'm just going to not do this ever again. Yeah. Ukulele sales went up, went, uh, went, yeah, big time, went up, I suppose. Because everybody thought, oh, I can play that. It's simple enough. It's easy. Yeah. People do it all the time. That's right. Yeah. There's people that do brain surgery all the time as well, you know, but I don't think I'd want to take that up in lockdown. 
that's too much school for me. And then you have to pay for insurance if you mess up because people will sue you. And I'm like, mm, nope. Mm-mm. It's a uh, no. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But, um, y- yeah. You you just go for it with your show, don't you? <laughs> yup. <laughs> uh, it started out, I was, uh, I, was some, I don't remember what set me off one day, but I was sitting there, I was on my friend's show. No, he said something. I was like, oh. I don't know much about that, but I got some some things to say about that one. And then I, so I just went off for like, it was like a 20-minute tangent. And I was like, I could totally do this constantly. There are so many things I don't know about that make me mad. I'll come off as ignorant and do updates eventually. And uh, I have not done a single update since. So I forgot. And then, I don't know, like I deployed. I was in Poland like in 2022. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I was like, maybe this isn't the, I had, I did some soul searching. I was like, maybe this is not the route I want to go with my life being mad all the time. Cause it was really, it was bringing me down. It was causing me a lot of like mental health issues. I was like being angry sucks. Yeah. So I started, I was like, I'm going to do the news. Didn't that didn't pan out. <laughs> since, since she's made us late, I think we're going to have to go, go for it now rather than the chit chat before and i always like to chit chat with people first though to to sort of like warm them up i'll say like me and my friend like because he and i recorded wednesday yeah it was like 20 minutes beforehand he and i were on the phone just like so what are we going to talk about i was like do i have time he's like he's like what's your mental state like right now and i was like i'm not gonna lie i may or may not have done an edible and i'm gonna roll with it and he goes oh this is gonna be hilarious And I was like, uh, I, I was, uh, I was sitting there the entire time. I was like, I cannot say that I'm high because the instant I do, it's going to make it so much worse because I'll start giggling. Oh, oh, dear me! I, I, did, I did a gig like that once. Oh, never again. No, it was so bad. Oh, we man. we we ended up we ended up recording for an hour and forty minutes. It went from talking about like early COVID stuff that we were doing, like how he and I met, and then it turned into. So he does neurodiagnostics and I was like, oh, that's so cool. I don't know anything about that. So he went on, it was like a good 30 minutes of that. And I was like, oh, yes. Then it was right back into memes. Like, Well, I can't remember the title of it, but there is a show, you know, that I've listened to. I've listened to all their episodes and it is just people talking for five or 10 minutes and they're stoned for the entire duration of the whole thing. And I mean, when I say that, they really are. They've been on some expensive shit, really. Ooh, I, I pay like 30 bucks and I get like a 40 count of edibles. And I'm like, I'm good for like two months. But yeah, there's something. But then again, you know, there's something about that show. I've listened to it. And because they're that high, I have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. But it's the probably the most relaxed five or 10 minutes I've had on a podcast. <laughs> I love that. I know. It's great. What's it called? It's going it's to do my head in, that is, until I find out what that is. <laughs> I mean, I'm already going to use what you've said about, about your show as a punching. That, that's, going, that's going to be thrown into the episode. 
because that's that that's the that's a straight that's a good answer straight away. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those where why repeat the question again in the record in the show when I'm already recording it and got it, you know? And it's like that's gold already. The way that you answered it, right? What have I got? None of these none of these answers have been prepared at all. Uh-huh. Not really. I'm like I'm gonna wing it. That's how I do my show. <laughs> Where is that show that I'm looking for? It's called The High Five. Yeah, there you go. They've not put an episode out in so long. Let's have a look. All episodes. They haven't put an episode out since last July. Crikey. Oh, Lord. But yeah, they're only, they are only about five minutes, five, six minutes long. Well, that's that sounds like a good like commuting podcast that we're just blasting through episodes and you feel accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> And you're really relaxed when you get when you get to wherever you're going as well. I didn't even think about that. Ooh. That's a cool idea. You, you might sleep through your stop though. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't watched any of Jones. I think the last one I watched was Temple of Doom. Because we were my wife and I were watching all of them to mentally prepare for the new one that came out, and then we just never went and saw it. No, we haven't seen the new one either. No. no, no I, th- I think I just still have a bad taste in my mouth after Crystal Skull, and that was years ago. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. I, d- I don't think I'd even want to... Want, I don't think I'd even want to hide inside a, in, inside a, a fridge freezer that gets blown into, blown into the air. And, and that. I don't think I'd want to even do that instead. No. No. I mean... Uh, it's lead lined, you're fine, yeah, right? Yeah. That's how it works yeah. as long as it's lead lined. <laughs> yeah. I went somewhere oh, there man. and I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying I was trying to get the joke in there about the oh god, the stupid thing about that. Oh that as if he'd survived that inside a bloody lead lined oh, refrigerator. Really? Yeah. I mean, more power to him. I mean, the concussion alone would probably take him out of the fight for a little bit. You you would have thought, yeah. Would you swap him swap him for Tom Cruise, and you know you know differently? He'd just get up and carry on with a broken leg. He put his, uh, he'd put his aviators on, start walking, fall over, get back up. Yeah. They try to scrub the radiation off and be like, "Don't touch me." Broke his ankle. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, broke his ankle doing that bloody that jump from one building to another and carried on running with a broken ankle. Nope, I'd, I'd be done. I'd be like, all right, cut, we're done. Yeah, I broke my ankle. Yep, there we go. Yep. <laughs> nope. And none of this. Oh, I'll be back in about six weeks. No, no, no. Filming, filming's done. Uh, just ADR, everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do all the sequences that haven't got me in. Off you go. Uh, give Simon Pegg a bigger part. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> That's my whole train of thought is if Simon Pegg is in it, why isn't he the lead? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then he could make it part of the, uh, part of the, uh, add, add it to the trilogy. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, a spinoff. But instead of um, Nick Frost playing a new character, he's playing Danny from Hot Fuzz, but an older Danny. And the whole yep. time he's like, "You remind me of you remind me of my friend." Yep. And and on all and that then, time, yep, Simon Pegg's character has been actually undercover as a member of the IMF. 
<laughs> and he wasn't actually the police. Yeah. That that blow that blow the whole trilogy out of the water and be like, oh, so what does this mean about this movie? Because I He's... I rewatched I think, yeah I rewatched all three of them because I was going to do like an episode about the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ooh, I just, I was like I just came off a Warhammer episode. I might take it back and see what else I can do. So. While my friend and I were recording the entire time, I'm like, yeah, it's like in the, it's like in Hot Fuzz when they were doing this bit, and he's like, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. I was like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. 